This is Life in a Wine Bottle, where you get an in-depth look on what it takes to create and sell a bottle of wine. I'm your host, Nelson Pizarro. We have special guest, Maurice De Marino. He oversees a little over 25 restaurants for the Cohen Restaurant Group. In part one of our podcast, Maurice shares with us his background, how he got into wine, and what he does exactly for the Cohen Restaurant. Don't forget, subscribe to our YouTube channel and iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or like us and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Life in a Wine Bottle. Enjoy the episode. Quick shout out to our sponsors, Castelli Family Vineyards, where you can taste the love of the wine. Follow and like them on Instagram at Costelli FE. Bespoke Maestro. They make elegant dresses and suits benefiting any occasion. Follow them on Instagram at Bespoke Maestro. San Diego Wine Tasting App. Easy to use, free to download, fun to find a new winery. Download the app today on Apple Store and Google Play. Search for San Diego Wine Tasting App. The Cohen Restaurant Group. While each restaurant varies widely in terms of food and design, they all share in the Cohen's obsessive with hospitality. Their philosophy focuses on superior service and comfort, providing a premier dining experience for each guest. The quality and excellence of Cohen Restaurant has not gone unnoticed. Now let's get on with the show. How's everything going? It's going well. Yeah. As best it can be. I mean, it's, uh, we're going to find out today what the governance says. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because they're saying they're, they're trying to close down the restaurants, right? Well, the indoor dining, yeah. Indoor dining. Yeah. And um, how many restaurants do you guys are you working with? Um, we have 26 right now. 26 right now? Yeah. Uh, I know Ventana. So, Ventana, Free uh, yeah. Pacific, uh, Pack Social, Graphic uh-huh. Publics, um, the Bobos, Island Prime, Sea Level, Costera. Prado. That's the one I was talking about. That was the one I was thinking about, Costera. That's where I've been, you know, I met you twice, or I met you at your office, but the Costera one. How's that one been going? Good. It's good. They're playing in outdoor space. Yeah, so I feel like you, you're able to kind of do a lot more things there than most places. Yeah, they have a little more flexibility, so. Nice, nice, nice. Um, anything exciting this weekend? Goodness, this weekend, yeah, played a little pitching putt with my kids and yeah. teaching them how to golf, so it was fun. Oh, nice. Are you a big golfer? No, but, <laughs> but it's, it's fun to get out there, you know. Yeah, do something a little bit different. How many kids do you have? Two. Okay, boy, girl, or girl, girl? Yeah, boy, and girl. Yeah, girl. Nice. They're, they're middle school, and he just started freshman in high school. Okay, and how is their schooling going? Is he in uh, virtual right now, or is he able to get out of school? My daughter is virtual in middle school. She's part of the San Diego Unified District. Okay. And my son's in a private school, so he's, he's actually in, in-person learning right now. Okay, so that's really good. It gives the, it gives the parents a break. Yeah. It's, like, it's so crazy well, right now. Well, my daughter's still at home, but still. Yeah. She, she can handle her own, you know. She, okay. They're a little she, bit older. Yeah. And, and she, she, she's motivated. She's yeah, able to, yeah. Adult. Yeah, we ha- we have three, but they're all in elementary school. Yeah, it's a little different. So, yeah, it's been. They're saying October twelfth is when we're hopefully going like a half a day type of deal. Yeah, you know, like two or three hours, and then an AM part and a PM part. So we're gonna see what happens. Yeah. So, um, 
And nothing else with the wine world? Exciting in that end? Yeah, with the wine right now, who knows? Things are just changing all the time. You know, there's, uh, you know, with not having indoor dining going on, it's uh, wine sales have dropped, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm seeing a lot of, uh, everyone's trying to go to these virtual kind of uh, experiences and stuff. So yeah. it makes it very difficult when you're going virtual with wine because um, in the restaurant business, you have to, you have to repackage the wine. And if you repackage it, you have to sell the food. So it makes it difficult to do those sorts of experiences. Yeah. Um, so I've been turning towards cans and using a lot of the cans and stuff. Okay. And I'm just hoping that better. I hope, I'm just hoping better product comes out in cans. Yes. Yeah. Uh, right now, there's there's a lot of cans out there, but there's a lot of them that are not that good. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, and that's kind of the new thing. And we'll get into that one down the road. Um, I guess I'll give you a little bit about what we did today. I guess yesterday and today or this weekend. Uh, yesterday we picked about. 5,000 pounds of grapes, Sangiovese, and today we're picking 3,000 pounds of Cafranc and 700 pounds of Melbeck right now. Mm -hmm. So it's been a busy morning right now. <laughs> Starting yeah. really early and just busting it through. Um, but it's fun, you know, all that hard work that you do, not just from this year, but when you planted the vineyard, it just now you're, you're really feeling the benefits of the fruit and and having a good time understanding a little bit better of that. So we're always excited. And, and all of our guests like to hear what we do, since most of my, my following are from people that know me and know the winery. So it's sure. great. So Maurice, so talk to us a little bit about your background. Give us where you grew up. Um, how do you get got involved in the wine world? You know, a little, little spiel of who you are. All right. Um, well, I grew up in San Diego. Um, I was uh, I came here from uh, I was born in San Diego, lived in Mexico as a little boy until about you know age of school, and moved back to San Diego and uh, grew up in North Park, Mission Hills, and eventually when I graduated high school, I, uh, I decided to go try college and different colleges. I uh, graduated from San Francisco State University. So I moved up to San Francisco for about 10 years, lived up there in that, in that region. And during the time I was living in San Francisco, what I was doing, I was traveling. So travel around the world. Um, I'd be working in the restaurant business kind of like just as a server. And then I would save money and travel for three months of the year, six weeks here, three months mm -hmm. there. I took a whole year off and traveled. And the whole idea was every time I went somewhere, I learned something new culinary-wise. Um, Beverage wise, and when I got back to the restaurants, there was always, oh, hey, I've had that before. Actually, I know where that comes from, you know? Yeah. And so it got, took an interest in that. I realized as, as a server, the more you knew, the, the better you were talking to people about it and explain the products, and, uh, and then you got better tips. Yeah. Oh, so, of course. So yeah, you gave them a better service. You gave yeah, a yeah, better service. And it was, it's all, you know, it was really all about service, anyways. It was all, it was what you enjoyed doing was connecting with people, connecting with guests and stuff. And um, and turn them on to something new and different, you know. Mm -hmm. So eventually, what happened is I um, I started working in I kept working in the restaurant business as I traveled around, and then I started to manage restaurants where I took over the wine buying positions, and uh, I just took over the wine buying positions. I had to train my staff, so that allowed me to get more knowledge. And eventually, when I moved to San Diego, I think it was in two thousand four. I opened uh, Island Prime in 2005 and was a wine director there. Um, and when I worked at Island Prime, I worked there for about eight years. And during that time, we built up um, a lot of um, 
a lot of the uh, teaching that I was doing with the teams and kind of taught all the other restaurants that we had at the time. And so we eventually built a position here at the corporate office where I oversee all the restaurants. Um, in the time in between there, I really had to focus away from wine and do more focus on spirits and beer because uh, as a percentage of sales, uh, spirits have a much higher percentage of sales than wine did within our company. And then beer was also rising. It was, you know, that 2013 yeah. or so when beer was just coming around. Yeah, uh, San Diego got, got huge. Yeah, so I went and got my sister own and, um, and been, been studying a lot with uh, spirits. And now I use uh, pretty much most of my time working with those things now with all the restaurants. Oh, nice. And then how long have you been in the restaurant industry? Jesus, I was 16. So oh, wow. And, then, time, yeah. and the traveling was, it was at down Central America, Europe. Was it everywhere or just specific areas? Yeah, like, it, was, it was Europe. It was Central America. It was Asia. It was Australia. It was, uh, it was all over. You know? and, and from there, you're tasting wines there? Or did you really have a love for the wine or was it? I think, I, think uh, I, I learned to appreciate it when I was traveling. No, you're traveling on a budget. So you're not really Correct. You're not really doing the, the full-on wine experience. I think um, what it allowed me to do is to see cultures and understand those other things that are happening out there, and get a glimpse of what was happening. You know, you know, when I was in Australia, you know, I didn't really realize how big wine was there, and it was, you know, we always get we're in California, we drink California wine. Well, get Australia, they don't have California wine in Australia, but we have. Australian wine in California, which makes it makes it like, oh wait a second, they must be doing something right there. If we have their wine, they don't have our wine. That's so, interesting, uh, huh? Yeah, and New New Zealand, New Zealand as well. Of course, all those, all those nations, you know, yeah. all those nations, you know. Um, the other thing is, is that I just started taking appreciation for uh, the things that are not around me and that are accessible to me, though. So um, that's kind of what it came down to me. And you know, always learning about new new regions and new new areas. Um, and I think every region in the world has something special to offer. So I think it's important to know that and there's a time and place for it too. You know? yeah. yeah. And you're able to connect, like you said, um, to your guests. I mean, that's, that's, I will say 90% of your experience is with the server connecting with the guests, not just with the foods, with the, the beverages and the culture, you know, Hey, yeah. I've been to that area. Uh, I love this area in your city. I love, you know, things like that. That, And like you said, the tips, I mean, at the end of the day, you're, if you give somebody the best customer service, they will appreciate you. There's no, yeah. you know, there's no denying on that. And you make them feel like you're, you're the best friend. And the next time you most likely become a, a regular customer and, you know, you grow your, your, your knowledge and your customer service and your customers that route. So that's really cool that you found that at an early age because a lot of people, it takes a long time. You know, it's a really, you just, I'm just doing it as a job and it is what it is, right? I'm just going to get by. Maybe I might go to college. Maybe I'm just going to be in the restaurant, whatever, you know? Um, so that's cool that you, you found the good passion that you really enjoy doing. So give us a little bit, any certificates or certifications, sommeliers, what's, uh, What's what's the end? Yeah, well, I'm certified sommelier, certified cicerone, I'm tequila certified by the CRT. Um, I don't know. It was, uh, it's pretty much the extent of it, really. Yeah. yeah. I never. I was never really that looking for certifications. Um, you know, I guess because you work in the business for so long that it's like it just becomes like second nature to you. Like, mm -hmm. 
Um, what I realized when I had moved to San, San Diego, what I realized was that when my company told me, asked me to get my, my sell my certification, I said, why? I don't understand why you must sell my certification. I'm yeah. already doing the job. Well, what I realized right. it wasn't for me, it was for my staff. So my staff felt like when someone came to the table uh, and they said, well, can I speak to your sommelier? And they can turn to me and say, yeah, well, here's your sommelier. I was their sommelier anyways, but they wanted to know the certification, a pen. Oh, you, you have a paper. Well, yeah, the yeah, pen, really. And, and so, they so, tell you, or the so, pen, yes. Yeah, so it was really for, for the staff and the people around you. Then they feel like there's something for them to, to aspire to as well. You know, mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's what certifications are nice about. But yeah, I think I stopped doing that. Um, stopped actively doing certifications when I'm on the role that I'm in now because it's really difficult to go anywhere within the on-premise uh, um, world. It's very difficult to go any further. You know, right. I'm yeah. already at the position that many people would like to be in and enjoy enjoy what I'm doing. So yeah, yeah, it's part of the job description. Yeah. The further you want to go, the different pins you want to try to accomplish. Um, and the wine, were you into wine before this, or was it more beer, spirits, anything? What are you talking about, my, my early 20s? Or, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, my early 20s? Come on, like every other 20-year-old. You know, <laughs> the bar drinking beer, drinking Sierra Nevada. The beer, that's it. Yeah, the cheapest yeah. stuff, Coors Lights. Uh, <laughs> you wouldn't have wine. Wine was too expensive. No. Yeah, not even the two buck chuck. No, it tastes gross. No, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, was you know, you're 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 before you're 21, you're drinking wine coolers. Remember those? Yeah, yeah. Bartles and James and the California coolers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is high school days. Yeah, you know? most people. Yeah, I always tell people. Um, I guess you start hitting a certain point in your life that you start appreciating the dine and wine experience. And that's where it's more like, oh, I'm going to have a good time and pair these foods with these wines and, and really enjoy yourself, right? It's not so much of a, like you said, a party scene, you know, the, the wine world. Yeah, I think, uh, I think it's, a, um, it's an economic thing. Yeah, I think uh, once you're able to sustain uh, living for yourself and have expendable income to buy wine, mm -hmm. then you start buying wine if you're into it. Into it, you know. Yeah, I think that you know when you're in your early twenties, you're just making enough money to pay your rent, pay your car bills, get to school, pay for college, you're paying for college, whatever it is, pay off loans. Mm -hmm. That you know, if I'm going to have a, a beer, I can buy a beer at the restaurant for five, six bucks, and then yep. a glass of wine is twelve, fifteen dollars. Like, exactly. yeah, a exactly. glass, yes, a glass. <laughs> Uh, okay. Well, um, so talk to us a little bit about the Cohen Restaurant Group. What do you do there exactly? And how many, how many restaurants do you manage or oversee? So I'm the beverage um, manager for Worthy Restaurants. What that means is I oversee the beverage program for about 26 restaurants. Mm -hmm. um, what I do is I set up programs every, every couple of years uh, within our supplier network. And what these programs are, are a way for our teams, our managers, and our bar managers to stay within a program um, for picking up products and ordering their wines, beers, and spirits. Uh, programs are based about around how we can earn the most amount of uh, education for our teams, um, how we can get um, support from marketing, um, how we can get support on, uh, on having good products available to our guests. Mm -hmm. And... When I first came in this position, I was asked to make a list of wines, 50 list of wines, and then our teams had to pick from those wines and they'd be on the menu. Um, I kind of didn't want to do that because I felt that that would be 
uh, narrowing down our manager's choices and knowing how I felt when I used to buy wine. I like being able to discover something new, pick it up myself, and I have I, I stood behind it. I talked to my staff about it. I talked to my guests about it. It was something that I felt ownership over it. So I did the same thing with my team series. I want them to feel ownership over it. So I set programs around particular suppliers where they have a book, a book that's big enough to have wines from all over the world, and they can pick within those those, those uh, books. But we still, you know, kind of keep uh, buying low and spending low low as well. Yeah, yeah, of course. I so mean, it's, that, it's a business kind of, at the end of the day. Right? Yeah, that's that's kind of part of what I do. And then the other part would be running events running uh, promotions, so any of those kind of promotions you might see that we, we do blasting out on our uh, social media or any of the events that we do, the new virtual events uh, since COVID hit, but before that we were doing a lot of live events, uh, wine festivals, tequila festivals, vodka festivals, dinners, uh, wine sales, all kinds of different things. Um, and then I also do education, so I teach all the, the teams, um, I do a lot of training with them, um, you know, pre-COVID I was going around to teach restaurants once a month and teaching about wine, beers, and spirits to the staffs, um, set up training programs, and then also running our commissary, which is a, a kind of an area where we keep large buying, uh, large bulk of items, so uh, the restaurants can kind of pick and choose the things they have out of those, the commissary there. Okay. So, I mean, you've got a big job. That's a, that's a huge role, especially going and investing so much time on your servers and managers. Because, you know, obviously the restaurant industry is a big, there's a lot of turnover rate, right? Yeah. For servers. So you're, you're not getting discouraged, basically, you know, because if you're going and talking to them about this and like pushing and pushing and pushing, because uh, you never know, you know, because th those are the ones that are, they're your front line and they're the ones that are selling for you, right? Selling yeah. these products and helping grow the restaurants and, and making sure those customers that live in that area are coming back to you guys. You know, not just with the wines, but with the foods as well. Yeah, I feel like I repeat myself a lot when I'm going to yeah. these tournaments. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> I think I've told you this before, but I know there's always someone there who's hearing for the first time. So mm -hmm. I just say it over and over again. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you never know. You know, you always, you forget about that. Yeah. Right? Because you've done this so long. And just the simple things that you always did back then, you think they know how to do it. And then it's just a little reminder and that all of a sudden is changing your, your weekend sales because you gave them that extra tip that you, you, it just makes sense to you, but other people didn't. So since you started doing that and, um, and the role of, of getting so much wine, I mean, you, you're really looking, or not just wine, but the alcohol, the beverage side of it, are you seeing that it's more of a a challenge of keeping track of the vendors and and the relationship with them or it, how do you feel? Cause it's, I mean, you got a big role where you're at. What, what do you, what do you see there? Yeah. I think uh, vendor relationships is really important. Um, that's something I kind of try to teach my managers. I think a lot of times when you're in the restaurant or you're in the buying side of it, you tend to, um, you tend to have this kind of almost power trip in a way like you feel like they, they, they owe you something and they have to work for you. And I try to get rid of that mentality because it's a partnership. And in order for them to sell their products, I have to sell it for them. And in order for me to sell them, I need their support, whether it be from education or, or, or they're in their restaurants and, and talking to, to my teams, you know, and I think it's important that we have that two way street. Um, you know, we're all human, so we all make mistakes. And uh, 
managers make a mistake, vendors make a mistake, you know, and we got to make sure that we we able to um, work in a way that it's a partnership rather than, hey, you owe me rather than I owe you and all that, you know. I think that's the biggest thing uh, and vendor relationship is important. The problem is that the vendors change so much as well. So it's also important to realize the business mm-hmm. and you're not working with a person. Um, you're working with a company. And so sometimes uh, a certain company might lose the person you had a really good connection with and they put somebody else in there who doesn't have the same connection. Mm-hmm. Well, at that point, you've got to work with that person and kind of educate them and let them know what your needs are and what you yeah. expect from them. Because if you don't do that, then you're just going to throw your hands up and say, I'm not going to work with the company anymore. Well, it's not the company you do. It's, it's, it's the fact is that your relationship with that person is not quite correct. And I think it's important for us to, you know, um, kind of step aside, put the ego off to the side a little bit mm-hmm. and realize where the business starts and where the personal relationships are and then be able to intertwine those kind of like in, in a weird um, like a uh, symphonic kind of artistic way, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because it's it's uh, it's it's really difficult, and also, you know, because I have a good relationship with a certain vendor, doesn't mean that all my managers are going to have the same relationship with that vendor. So I try to teach my managers, say, look, this is uh, we're working with this company. You need to work with them, and if there's any issues, talk to me about it, so we can re- resolve those issues before we just throw up our hands and be honest. We're not doing any business with them. Yeah, yeah, before it blows up, like, to a proposal yeah. I mean, just like, yeah. Sometimes that the company itself it makes big mistakes that are, are uh, yeah, yeah. irreplaceable. And so, yeah, of course, then that's when we, we decide to make those decisions. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's also, it's just important that we don't, we're not just thinking, like, um, uh, on a whim and, and we have hot air and we just got to make decisions on, on the fly. You know, I, I think that happens way too much. And I think that that's, that, that's um, it just, and you burn bridges down the road and try not to burn bridges. Yeah, it's too, uh, you don't want it to make it too cutthroat, even though the industry is really, you know, especially the restaurant industry, it's just so fast moving. Uh, You don't even know if they're going to stay alive, you know, within six months, right? So yeah, I completely feel, and that's, you know, obviously in the winery, you have to have that sense of uh, passion to what you're doing and that connection with the relationships that you're you're building there. You know, it just takes time. And if you can find a good person, a good vendor, um, and they move to another company, another beverage company, at least you can t- talk with them and see what budget that other, you know, they could be in a big company that they moved to or a small mom and pop company and they don't have the same budget as you've been used to working with. So at least you can still talk to them and, and you know, keep that relationship open. Um, that's gr- I, I love the input that you keep on putting in there because uh, let's just put, I guess uh, I like to always share stories of how I get connected to anybody I talk in the podcast and through you guys, I was connected. How did I contact you guys through soccer? I don't know if I told you that mm-hmm. you're, you're, I forgot. Maybe it was Jennifer. I forgot what the owner's name or one of the owners, the wife, Jessica, Jessica. Mm-hmm. her son, his name is Griffin mm-hmm. and he plays at a soccer team in Domar mm-hmm. and he was out. He was on the other team in the same age. So I kind of got into that. And somebody told me, hey, the Cohen restaurant has this. So I searched you guys. And I didn't talk to Jessica. You know, I just I went directly to you. And you were just so open. You said, yes, come on over. I went to your place. You gave me your feedback on my wines. Uh, we built a relationship there a little bit. Then you invited me a couple of uh, events that you had, which I loved it. Um, 
and then you know you 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 were just very upfront with everything. You weren't kind of like, hey, yeah, you're amazing. You're doing everything good, and then I didn't hear from you. You know what I mean? There's、mm-hmm. a lot of times you get that, and you're like, well, is the wine really good, or is it? They're just saying this so that you can get out of here and then on to the next one. But you really kind of you really were giving me great feedback, and now we're in another. Uh, stage of our business that we're able to kind of start going after the restaurant side.、Mm-hmm. So in these podcasts that I like doing and that I am creating is more of sh- entertaining and sharing information to everybody else. But also I'm learning so much, you know. And it's it's just another route that I'm, you know, the wine world is so well connected that you never know who. And I just had Lisa Redwine last、sure. last podcast. And she's doing her part two is coming out tomorrow, so it's um it's really fun doing this stuff, you know, getting interaction and and hopefully you know we I just you know grow and somebody else new coming along is growing as well with the same same passion that you know that you have with the with the beverages and helping everybody out there. Um, so you gave us about five, oh not five, but twenty five different restaurants that you you oversee. Is there? I know I read in a website. I think it's your personal website.、Uh, a club membership. Is that for the restaurant or is that for your personal side? No,、um, we were doing a, a club called Prime Fruit, which was a way to engage our our clientele,、mm-hmm. events and special deals we had on wine.、Um, now it's kind of just grown into our kind of a kind of like wine database, pretty much. So all all those emails you might get. Uh, from our company might come from that that kind of database.、Um, okay. What it is is for just letting people know what's happening.、Um, you know, once I took this position, I was a lot more work I put on my plate, so I wasn't able to really focus as much on the wine club. But now make it a little bit broader, and you know, make it more with spirits, beer, and wine, and make it a little bit larger. Okay,、yeah. and that's for everybody, correct? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, and how do you get people signed up on that? Is that、so、for the restaurants? It's not a traditional wine club where you go buy a membership and you and you get wine sent to you.、Mm-hmm. It's really just、uh, it, it, it transformed now into a email list, pretty much where you're kept on the loop of what's happening.、Uh, you get、uh, a notification of our promotions, our special dinners, our events, our、uh, any wines that we're selling, any wine sales, things like that. But、okay. it's, not, it's not like a,、uh, a traditional wine club where you. Get a membership and you get three bottles of wine and stuff like that. Okay. Probably、um, get something like that down the road, but、uh, not not at this point. And then what about like how how are you getting the customers to sign up? Is there an email address that they're sending to? In the restaurants. In the, in the restaurants. restaurants. So you basically, as soon as they sign,、um, they pay for their their meals or their dinner. You got their email, and then you just follow it up from there. Yeah, there's a they can fill out the little little card. All right. So I'm just saying that, just you know, just to help you promote a little bit for the guests that are listening, you know, things things like that that I always like to do for when people are on this podcast, and then the the seminars or the classes that you've been doing. I know you're saying that was was that mainly for the staff or is that for anybody in general? And this is based on the the website that I was reading、yeah. from you. Yeah. So、uh, those seminars were based for staff, and then I transformed them into working with, for for our guests as well. So、um, in the past we would do like California wines, and we'd have a seminar in California wines. Our guests come in, they taste the wines, they buy the wines, they enjoy some food.、Um, we've done other seminars from wines from all over the world, 
Um, but it was intended for our staff, and now I felt, you know, I think our guests really get a kick out of it and really enjoy learning. Um, about, there's no way for them to go out and taste and learn without, like, paying some crazy fees for some sort of scholarship or some sort of uh, program in the school. Yeah. But um, so it's, like, it's something to do on a weekend and to come out and join us and, and have a class like that. Uh, but a lot, I also teach at San Diego State University because that's another outlet for people to try out. Um, with Lisa Redwine, she's over there as well. And uh, we're at the, the, uh, the San Diego State's World Campus, I think it's called now, the Global right, Campus. Right. And it's uh, and they have a business of wine school there. And I think a lot of guests might actually enjoy partaking in that. You know, it's a, uh, they can sign up for as many or as little classes they want to. And it's, uh, you know, uh, Three three days uh, or three weeks and three hour classes, and uh, it's a good good way to you know emerge yourself. Like say, if you want to learn about California or South America or introduction to wine or how to how to evaluate wine, sensory evaluation. So we, I do uh, do four classes there. Okay, and which classes are you doing? Tell us the I name do, of the classes. Yeah, I do sensory evaluation. I do California wine, South American wine, and okay. Spanish wine. Okay, so those are names of the classes, just in case if somebody wanted yeah. to just do that specific. Because that was, a, yeah, that was basically the last podcast of um, the courses at the offer. And she gave us the rough, you know, cost, time frame of to, to look at how long the program takes and what to look for. You know, who is basically everybody, everybody that enjoys wine, uh, restaurant industry, um, just a spouse that they just love talking about wine. And they just wanted to get a little bit more. Like you're saying, California wines, easy. They're yeah. in the area and they can travel up and down the coast and try you know, to. A lot of professional people that have, you know, their, their professional jobs, they're not looking to change career, but they, they're looking to, you know, have a hobby. And yep. that's a good, a good way of doing it is, is really immerse yourself in it that way, you know. And like you said, as a big part of becoming in the, uh, I guess, the wine world is just that extra income that you get. You know, so they're most likely working and they're like, hey, I'm, I, I'm doing pretty well for myself, with my family. I love wine. Let me start going that route, right? And then all of a sudden they're like, maybe I shouldn't have did that because now it's getting a little more expensive with the club memberships and just bottles are coming in every other month. <laughs> so, but it's, a, it's um, I, thank you for sharing that. That's the, the classes that you do. Is there a cost for those classes or is this kind of a... Yeah, there's cost. There's, there's a cost for the program, the sample book program, or you can sign up for individual classes, and each one will vary depends okay. on uh, depends on the, uh, the time frame of the class and then how many wines are shown in the class as well. So um, and then, but what about the one from the restaurants? Is that oh, the those those yeah, those are usually those are a cost. Yeah, there's um, maybe range where the, you know depends on the classes and probably thirty five, forty dollars something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, so it's not too bad. And no. it's a fun day, and you're basically most yeah. likely you're hanging out, tasting wines. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're most likely know some people. Yeah, you, you know. wines you haven't had before. You know. Yeah. That was the end of part one. Thanks, Maurice and the Cohen Restaurant Group for sharing with us your background and also what makes you guys so unique. In part two, Maurice gives us some great tips and advice on building great relationships with a vendor don't forget to subscribe to our youtube itunes google play channels and also follow and like us on facebook and instagram at life in a wine bottle thank you for listening i'm your host nelson pizarro we'll see you guys next week
Mac.